Pirates lost 17-5 on Friday to Philadelphia in a nine-inning baseball game that took four hours and 30 minutes to play. I laughed my balls off at the whole circumstance, and Polanco misplayed one of those into a triple. The length of that game tied a major league record. That's the most boring kind of history I can think of. And it was the second time the Pirates allowed 17 runs in four games. The Pirates need Major League Baseball to adopt a 10-run rule. That would save a lot of embarrassment. I look at the Pirates, and it's tough to watch, but when I do, I don't see any pride or leadership. The ballpark is turning sullen and toxic. Except when a lot of Phillies fans show up like this past weekend. This is the Mark Madden Show. You like it, you love it, you want more of it. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. Twice in four games, the Pirates allowed 17 runs. That game on Saturday, excuse me, Friday night, Four hours and 30 minutes, that's just a bad joke. A bad joke with no punchline. But hey, the Pirates won yesterday, so they're probably going to turn it around. Uh, Their record is now 41-48. and The Cincinnati Reds are just two and a half games behind the Pirates in last place in the National League Central. The Pirates have lost 13 of their last 19. I don't know how you don't fire Hurdle, except they won't because... He signed through 2021, and Bob Nutting isn't going to pay Clint Hurdle to not manage. Uh, The Pirates lost 3-2 Saturday, and Hurdle pulled Tyon after 77 pitches. He was pitching terrific, but uh, he got pulled after 77 pitches. I look at that decision by Hurdle, and I'm like, yo, just one time. Manage all out to win the game that day. But I did watch a lot of the Pirates over the weekend because high school lacrosse was on again. The excuse making for the Buccos is at an absolute crescendo. On Channel 11 last night on the final word, we were debating what the next move is going to be for the Pirates. Ain't no next move. Ain't no rebuilding or reloading or blah, blah, blah. It's whatever maximizes profit. Ain't no next move. It's the same move. And some of the stooges are pointing at Kansas City because the Royals have hit hard times. They've lost eight straight games and lost 26 in their last 30. And yeah, that's awful. They're doing worse than the Pirates. For sure they are. If that provides some small solace to Pittsburgh baseball fans, but the Royals won a World Series in 2015. Kansas City maximized their window. You watch. Milwaukee is going to maximize their window. If the Pirates had kept that 2015 team intact for a couple more years, whatever happened after would have been easier to swallow. So that's my pirate diatribe for today. A removing Tyon after 77 pitches on Saturday is a good debate. 
Tyon was pissed, and he said so. Said it disconcerted him to look at the bullpen while he was pitching and see somebody up when he was pitching so well. But the way Tyon has pitched and underachieved, he's got no real room to be mad. Uh, Neil Huntington, the GM, he's been spewing his BS. We thought we could compete and blah, blah, blah. But now we got up blah, blah, blah by way of setting up the fire sale. But the fire sale was the Pirates' intent all along. It discourages me to talk about it. I'm sure you're sick of it, just like I'm sick of having to say what I say about the Pirates so often. But, uh, you know, it's not going to change. Bob Nutting runs the team to make money. Nothing else. Winning is a happy accident when it occurs, but he does not hesitate, has not hesitated, to flush a better chance of winning down the toilet to make more money. And as I said when it happened, because I'm smarter than all of you, I'm not as naive as all of you, I'm not as stupid as all of you, I said as was happening, hey, this team won 98 games in 2015, why are they letting all these players walk? Why are they making these trades? And then at the 2016 deadline, why have eight significant components left the 98-win team since the end of the 2015 season? I saw it coming, and you know what? That doesn't make me a super genius, although I am that anyway. All it means is I can see the forest for the trees. It's been a big cheat job since the Hillbilly Prince took over, and it was easy to see the direction it was headed if you were willing to do so. And I'm very serious when I say, I'm sure you're sick of hearing about it. I'm sick of talking about it. But it's the only thing to talk about when it comes to Pirates baseball is how the ownership group is putting the screws to the city and to all of you. What am I supposed to do? Talk about the great prospects coming up? There aren't any great prospects coming up. And if there were, they'd get rid of them sooner than later. If the window ever opens again, they'll slam it shut too soon again. That's the way they do business. It's quite a time for superfluous debate. Uh, Lev Bell is, once again, a topic because the deadline for doing a long-term deal with Bell is next Monday, July 16, one week from today. Otherwise, the franchise tag kicks in for the year. Bell keeps hitting that a long-term deal is still possible, but the Steelers have been quiet on the matter, and that speaks a lot. Uh, you just don't want to give Bell a long-term deal. I don't, and the Steelers shouldn't, and I don't think they do. Uh, Bell is 26, two suspensions, a history of troubling injury, big workload dating back to his college career at Michigan State, Get one more good year out of Bell. Run him till the wheels fall off this season. And then cut ties and draft a replacement. That's the ideal time frame for Le'Veon Bell as a Pittsburgh Steeler. And I can't believe anyone would think otherwise. We're going to talk hockey with Phil Bork, the old 2-9er, at 3.30. Speaking of which, congratulations to Chris Letang and his wife, uh, Catherine, on the birth of their second child a daughter, Victoria, everyone involved is doing fine, and I'm expecting a big year from Chris Letang in 2018-19.
How about that friggin' baseball game on Friday at PNC Park? Like I said, a nine-inning game that lasted four hours and 30 minutes, 22 runs, 13 pitchers total. The Pirates lose 17-5 to Philadelphia. Any Pirate fan who stayed for that entire game should have been detained outside the park and taken in for psychiatric evaluation. Yikes. Up up next, we're going to talk about this insistence by American sports fans that the World Cup screwed up, specifically the penalty kick tiebreaker when games are nodded after 90 minutes and 30 minutes of extra time. But since we're in the mood to change sports, there's a couple rules in the Canadian Football League that would really go a long way toward fixing the NFL. And I'm not kidding. And no, I'm not talking three downs. That's up next on 105.9. Best thing I've almost ever heard. VX at 105.9. Got Phil Bork to talk hockey at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we talked in the open about that baseball game on Friday. Uh, a nine-inning game, no rain delay. Four hours and 30 minutes for nine-inning game. Baseball in general is too long and too slow. But I don't go off, and, and when I watch on TV, I'm flipping back and forth from channel to channel, so it's not my call. Just like it's not your call if you're an ugly American sports fan and get annoyed that World Cup games can be decided by penalty kicks. Uh, after 90 minutes and 30 minutes of overtime, if it's still tied, it goes to penalty kicks to break the tie, and that's just how it has to be. You can't play soccer indefinitely. If you did, the team that won in multiple overtime would have zero chance to recover and compete in the next game. Don't forget, it's a tournament. Uh, and having player reentry or unlimited substitution would affect the integrity of the game, what it's meant to be. They now allow one extra substitute in overtime. That's on top of three in regulation time. Uh, penalty kicks are just a reality. Will not change and should not change. Uh, by the way, uh, if we're talking about fixing certain sports, a few rules in Canadian football intrigue me in terms of being applied to the NFL. In the Canadian Football League, the clock stops after every play in the last three minutes of each half. And delay of game inside of the three-minute warning is a 10-yard penalty. It doubles from five. Wasting time is minimized as a strategy. And in the NFL, they got 40 seconds between plays. In the CFL, they got 20. How can that not be better? Seriously, how can that not be better? Let's go to John at South Point. John, you're on with Double M. Oh, that was nice. John hung up. Let's go instead to Eli on the parkway. Eli, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Uh, just to kind of echo what you were saying, I mean, you have 90 minutes to prove to the other team that you can score one more goal than them plus overtime, if at that point you can't put it in the net one more time than they do, then you, you deserve to go to penalty kick, 50-50. It's not a matter of deserving anything. It's just a matter of it being the only logical way to break the tie after 120 minutes. 
Yeah, I mean, people were kind of complaining about the game with Russia and Spain and how Spain is a better team. And I mean, you look at it, if they were truly superior, I know Russia bunkered down. But I mean, at that point, you basically eliminate your offense, bunker down. And if you're not, if you're that superior, you should be able to put in that at least one more time, you know, after 90 minutes and in overtime. Well, so, I mean, my favorite one, sports one truism, the game. my favorite sports truism is what could have happened did. And, you know, you don't go to endless overtime and think it'll keep, for example, Russia from parking the bus and playing just defense against Spain. All it would do is make Russia play defense even longer against Spain. Just park the bus indefinitely. 412-333-9939. A couple hockey notes before we uh, bring on Phil Bork. The Tampa Bay Lightning have not yet acquired Eric Carlson, the defenseman from Ottawa. I wonder what the delay is because that seemed like a, a done deal Friday, although Tampa and Ottawa were looking for a third team to to launder money, much like Las Vegas did uh, for Pittsburgh and uh, Ottawa in that Derek Brassard deal uh, last trade deadline. Uh, Tampa Bay already has plenty of defense. Uh Maybe the Lightning figured out that Carlson is he's real good, but but you're not collecting hockey cards. You're trying to build a team. We'll find out what Phil Bork thinks of that uh, just around the corner here on the Mark Madden Show. Uh, Sidney Crosby's living out all his sports fantasies in the offseason. He took batting practice with Sean Casey at PNC Park a few weeks back, and when he was at Wimbledon, he not only got the grand tour for Maria Sharapova, but he hit some balls with a pro, uh, John Eisner. Uh, Eisner said what a great athlete Sid is. Well, duh. Uh, I'm expecting a big year from the Penguins and from all their top stars. Uh, they're no longer two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. The pressure's off. They could just go play, and I think they'll play very, very well. Uh, Phil Mickelson cheated again. He tamped down some grass, excuse me, some fescue, and it improved his his lie. It was right in front of the tee, and he tamped it down, uh, and he turned himself in for two-struck penalty. Yes, yes, winner rules. Uh, between that and hitting a moving ball a couple weeks back, Phil is making a mockery of the game of golf, and I am all for that. Golf is so stodgy and self-important. Uh, one last quick soccer note before we get ready for Borky. Uh, the Riverhounds won again. And they are now eight wins, seven draws, and just one loss on the season. Second place in the Eastern Conference of the AAA League, the United Soccer League. So if you like winning, go see the Riverhounds. The new coach, Bob Willie, he is working wonders. 412-333-9939. It's Phil Bork up next on 105.9. Now, the super genius, Mark Madden. I would want total and absolute autonomy. Hey, Mark. Great show. Are you part psychic? Well, I'm actually more neurotic than psychic. The X at 105.9. We got Hockey Fest coming up at RMU Island Sports Show on August 4th. A bunch of clinics for a bunch of kids. Joining me now, he's going to be a big part of Hockey Fest. He was a big part of winning two Stanley Cups for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's Radio Color Man. The old two-niner, Phil Bork. Uh, 
Horky, uh, it's been some summer for the Penguins so far. Sid was hitting tennis balls at Wimbledon. Gino's <laughs> been attending the World Cup in Russia. It looks like the Penguins are relaxing a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I guess that can be the silver lining of all this, of after we uh, kind of got over the uh, the bile that we felt in the back of our throat of losing uh, game number six on home ice in overtime. Um, I guess you try to find the positives in it, and that is, uh, to get some rest, to heal the body, to feel energized, to feel refreshed, uh, to watch some videos of Ovechkin uh, trotting around the world with the Stanley Cup that can only motivate you. And so, yeah, I think there is uh, something good to come out of it, and the Penguins should be chomping at the bit as they start in a little over two months. Is it tough to relax when you're defending champ Borky, especially when you're two-time defending champ? Is the is the pressure nonstop? It is. It's tough to pull the plug, Mark. I remember I had uh, I had booked a flight, uh, a vacation to Maui after the second cup. And uh, I remember I left literally four days after we won the cup. I, was, I had booked it months earlier. And I remember sitting on the, bo- the beach at the hotel in uh, Maui, and I was a wreck. I, I, I could not, I still couldn't sleep. I was, uh, I still, uh, in the middle of the day, I was just thinking about hockey, and I just, I couldn't pull the plug. It took me it was a week-long vacation. I think it took me about uh, day four when I was a- able to relax. But, yeah, it's tough when you go that hard for uh, three years and uh, you do feel the pressure a little bit. You feel the anxiety. You kind of get into that, that Jeff play groove uh, where you're almost like a robot, uh, whether it's the food that you eat, the way you work out, and the way you prepare for games, that all of a sudden when it's over in an overtime like that, it's tough to just go, okay, just relax, just have fun, just heal the body. It does take a while. Toronto got Tavares, but who's going to play defense for the Leafs, Borky? Uh, how much is that signing really going to help? I don't know. Can Tom Kuhnhockel play D? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Uh, boy, the Islanders, that that's a team that uh, I don't know where, what direction they're going to go. And uh, for Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz to – to have the the reins, uh, I I don't I don't know, man. I know I know they brought in a couple of guys and Voltari Filippola and Leo Komarov, but and Robin Leonard is he the answer? Is he the is he the savior that's going to come in and and play goal for them? Uh, uh, man, uh, of all the teams I look at in the Metropolitan Division, that looks like the team with the biggest mess to clean up. Well, plus conversely, I mean Tavares is a great talent, but Toronto still has Ron Hainsey in their top defensive pair. I do not think Tavares puts Toronto over the top or even comes close. Oh, yeah, for Toronto. And that's a team that, boy, the rubber's going to hit the road next year. I mean, this year they're fine, even with uh, JT on the books. But, uh, you know, when you've got all this hot, high offensive talent, and Frederick Anderson in goal for them last year, Mark, you have to admit, he was, at times, he was outstanding. I mean, he, he, he was a one man band at times, keeping the puck out of the goal. But, yeah, their they're defense, they don't really have a number one guy. I mean, is Jake Gardner your number one guy? I mean, that's that's a head-scratcher for me, that you can have all these great offensive talents at forward that can put the puck in the net. But I think the days of old Penguini hockey of winning games 7-5 and 8-6 are long gone, and it seemed like that's the way the Maple Leafs are built right now. What about Tampa if they get Eric Carlson? I don't know if that deal stalled or if it's just uh... – just the calm before the storm, if it's imminent that he's going to go to Tampa. But uh, what will that do for them if they get Eric Carlson? 
Well, um, I don't know if there's another team with two better defensemen than Carlson and Hedman. I mean, that's that's pretty uh, daunting right there. Um, but what are they going to have to give up? Because it's going to be a, a deal. So they're going to have to give up, uh, I don't know, maybe a Kucherov, a uh, guy that they probably aren't going to be able to sign. They're going to have to give up something special for a guy like Eric Carlson with a couple of uh, Norris trophies in his, uh, in his back pocket. Um I'll be honest with you, Mark. You and I have talked before. I'm not a huge, big Eric Carlson fan. Me neither. Some people think he's a, the greatest thing, but I've seen too many highlights, and I'm not going to put it just on the highlights I've seen, but it is noteworthy that there's too many highlights I've seen where he looks like a peewee playing defense as a defenseman in front of his goal. It's like he's never played defense before. It's undeniable how good he is offensively, but you got to be able to play both ways. And I just see too many shortcomings in his game. Uh, defensively, to to be a guy that you uh, you know give up three or four of your top players, a first round pick, and take on all that salary because you have to remember he's only got one year left on his deal. I think around six and a half, and then he's going to really try to cash out on this last deal where you're talking eleven, twelve, thirteen a year. That's what he's going to be looking for at the UFA. Uh, in that vein, what should Columbus do with Panarin, who has one year left and uh, appears extremely reluctant to sign an extension? Wow, that's messy. Uh, because the way I'm hearing things, Mark, is that if if you went cap max, which the cap this year is at 79.5, let's just say it's 80 million, so the most one player can make in the NHL is 16 million. And I think if Columbus said, here's eight years, 16 million per, I still don't think you can get him. It sounds like he's walking, uh, that he wants uh, not only to be in a winning environment, Mark, but also, you want, I think he wants to be in a big city. I think he wants to go to New York and play for the Rangers. Now, we haven't spoken since the Penguins made a couple moves, uh, Borky. First off, where does Matt Cullen fit in? Do you think he's going to dress every game, or will he be more of a spare part? I don't think he'll be a spare part. I just don't think he's built that way. He's wired that way. Um, will he play every game? I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he could still skate like the wind. I mean, it's, it's almost effortless the way he can play. But here's the thing. Maybe he does move to wing uh, and, and be on uh, the left wing with Riley Shahan to start the season uh, because he can play the wing. I don't think it's a huge adjustment for him. Um, it's always great to have two center icemen on the ice. And uh, I think it's, it's just kind of lighten the load a little bit where he doesn't have to be the first guy in back checking, the guy that's down low helping his defenseman uh, every single game, night in and night out. So I think that would lighten the load. I think he'd actually enjoy playing the wing. So uh, I, I don't want, know why you need to put a number on if he plays 70 games, 75 games, or all 82 games. I think if he feels good, let him play. I like the Jack Johnson signing. Some people don't. Where do you weigh in? I don't get it, Mark. Why, why do people not like it? I, I get they're like, why do we have to go five years? Here's the one thing I have learned uh, about Jimmy Rutherford. is Penguins don't just hand out contracts more than three years. Uh, they're pretty sure about anybody who's got more than three years that they've been bang on. They've been right on the money uh, on that player. Uh, for, so for them to give Jack Johnson five years, uh, they have to know a lot more than you and I know and everybody else that thinks they know, number one. Number two, I've always liked Jack Johnson. What's not to like? Uh, maybe things uh, weren't all rosy in Columbus, and maybe a part of that had to do with some of the off-site stuff that was going on with him. Uh, I really don't know, so it's probably not fair uh, for me to comment on that. But, I mean, he's, he's such a big body. He can skate like the wind. He's, 
He's got that, that snarl and that nastiness. He, he blocks shots uh, like a robocop, and, and he'll get you the odd goal. I mean, he can chip in offensively. I, I do find it interesting that it, it's come full circle for him, kind of like a Brian Dumoulin thing where he's drafted by Jimmy Rutherford, never played for Jimmy Rutherford, but then ends up coming back to Jimmy Rutherford uh, in, the, in almost a second life here with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I think also, I, I think you kind of underestimate um, the importance of having the friendship of Sidney Crosby. I think that is important. I think it'll, it'll help uh, Jack Johnson kind of hit the ground running and not wanting to let anybody down. I, I think he's going to feel like this is the first time he's played on a team with, with a kind of a – he was in L.A., but he was in L.A. before they were winning Stanley Cups in Columbus where, what, I think they've won one playoff series in the history of their No, franchise. no, they've never won a playoff series. Oh, never won a playoff series. I, I beg your pardon. Uh, so I think he's going to be energized. I think he's going to be excited. I think he's going to be uh, wanting to be a difference maker. And I think he, you know, the way he's compensated and what's expected of him, I think he'll fit perfect in a five or six hole or uh, or in the, in the penalty killing role. We're talking to the old two niner Phil Bork here on one hundred five nine The X. Uh, would you play Johnson with Schultz or with Alexiak? Alexiak, because I think Alexiak. Uh, likes the right side and he's comfortable on the right side. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be totally against him playing with Schulte. I'd like to see that combination, but if I'm, if I'm filling out my lineup card today, I probably have uh JJ with uh, the big rig. Well, don't forget if Alexiak played with Mata, Alexiak could still play the right side. Yeah, that's, that's fine too. I've seen the three and six together, Mata and Alexiak, and, and they seem fine together too. So, I think the one thing we're pretty sure about is Dumoulin's going to play with Latang, and yes. I think from there we just kind of go uh, week to week, game to game, and whatever's working, stay with it. You know, it's funny. The Penguins have a lot of forwards now. Five centers, you know, just so many decisions for Mike Sullivan to make. And it's very difficult for Sully to put together lines, isn't it? Because a lot depends on who Sid and Gino want to play with. We can't pretend that doesn't matter because it does a lot. It shouldn't, though. You're right, but you know it does. It, okay, but I don't. I don't know how much Sully really caters to that. Um, I think he has open conversations about what's working or what's not working. But I don't think Sully's one of those conformists that uh, just feels like, okay, well, I'm going to do whatever my star players want. I, I think Sully's Sully's the, the chief Indian, and uh, what he says goes, and that's the way it's going to be. Um, and uh, I just I think we're kind of making too much out of that. I, I don't think it matters. I, maybe it does matter a little bit, Mark, uh, because I think those guys earn the respect, have earned the respect of their coach where there is an open conversation of, hey, how do you feel like it's going with Horny? How do you feel like it's going with Phil, that they have those conversations? But at the end of the day, Sully's the boss, and everybody knows that, and whatever lineup he fills out, that's what's best for the team. Um, and I I think that, you know, some people are saying that Sid doesn't like playing with Horny. I, I think he does. I mean, what? Who wouldn't want to play with Patrick Hornquist? Sid, the guy is. I don't. I don't know if I agree with that, Mark. I've heard you say that before, and I. I don't know if I hundred percent agree with agree with that. If it's not Horny, then who the he double hockey sticks is it? Because I don't think there's anybody else that's as good as Horny. Oh, well, no, no, Borky, Don't get me wrong. I think Horny should play with Sid, but I don't think Sid uh, likes his puck movement and speed through the neutral zone. And one guy Sid apparently does like is Dominic Simone. Uh, Sid, uh, Dominic Simone told the Czech media that Sid asked him to come 
to Nova Scotia to train with him this summer. Uh, I don't know what Sid sees in Dominic Simone, but they played together in the playoffs. Yeah, I know. I I, I can't deny that, but I don't see it in Dominic Simone. I think he still needs some seasoning, and I, I think that uh, uh, that was uh, a great show of faith by Jimmy Rutherford to give him a one-way contract uh, after a, a bit of a sprinkling in the NHL. Um, so, uh, And that's very admirable. That's not something that I think Sid does a lot of. Uh, you know, it's usually Sid and Nathan McKinnon. They're they're the two maniacs that do their training. And for Dominic Simone to get a well, that, you know, that's three of a kind: Borky, Sid, Nathan McKinnon, Dominic Simone. <laughs> no, no. My my point is though, if Sid decides he likes Simone on his wing, as he did the playoffs, then you got Sprong, Kessel, Hornquist, and Rust. What the heck do you do with some of those guys? No, and that's why I just don't see Dominic Simone playing with Sid. I just don't see it. I said, when you, when you sign Brian Russ to that four-year extension and you want to give Daniel Sprong a legitimate chance to show what he can do, you're not going to throw him down on the fourth line. And I don't see him playing the left wing. Brian Russ can play the left wing. I don't think any of us have a problem with that. He's one of those rare breeds that seems to be uh, seamless in the transition from right side to left side as a right-hand shot. I don't see Sprong doing that or any other winger doing that. So uh, I... I, I don't see Dominic Simone starting the season with Sid. That's just my humble opinion. How are things going to go for Phil Kessel this year? That That's a pretty big question. Just put him with Gino. I mean, it works. Just just leave it alone. Uh, and I think uh, Carl Hagelin is a nice compliment to that line. Um, I just think if he if he's healthy and he's motivated, um, Phil's a difference maker. It, it, I, I, th- I think he'll have a bounce back year because I, I felt that well, bounce you know, back, he had 92 points, Borky. No, no, no. Hear me out, though, Mark. Bounce back in the sense that he'll, fin- he'll have a complete season. I don't think he had a complete season. I don't think the season ended, whether it's the regular season or the playoffs, ended the way that Phil Kessel wanted it to. And I'm sure he heard uh, the little bit of whispers and rumblings about, is he hurt, is he not hurt, what's wrong with Phil, he's disappeared in the playoffs. So I think that he's going to want to bounce back in a sense where, where he's going to want to have – a complete season and not have anybody doubt whether he was hurt or not hurt because of the way he's playing. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Bubba Lamb, huge fan, buddy. Your voice is like sweet nectar to my ears. Still of the night, still of the night, still of the night. VX at 105.9. Here's a tweet from uh, DRG Jr., it's the middle of July with the Buccos coming off a positive win. We're listening to Hockey Talk, and then he switched it over to whatever. Uh, okay, Pally, what approach should I take with the Pirates? Because they stink, they're going to dismantle the team, and they're going to head in no certain direction because their farm system is stocked with excrement. So I, I put this to anybody whether it's you, DRG, or anybody out there, how should I discuss the Pirates? Because I cannot take them seriously as a competitive entity the way the teams run. I don't find it intriguing at all that they might even trade Polanco and Marte on top of the guys they're sure to trade, like Harrison, if somebody will take them, and and Dickerson and so forth. What's intriguing about that? What are they going to get back? If whoever they get back is any good, they'll bury him in the minors and then trade him if he's any good before it reaps benefits. 
I just don't understand the angle I'm supposed to take to be interesting because the way they do things isn't interesting. It just is not interesting. No Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. I mean, they'll get this guy for Harrison and that guy for Dickerson. A prospect here, a prospect there. Here a prospect, there a prospect, everywhere a prospect. And it'll come to no good because it just doesn't because that's not how they do business. On a lighter note, I saw an ad for whiskey that tastes like apple pie. Why do we need a whiskey that tastes like apple pie? Why not just eat a slice of apple pie with a Jameson's chaser? It's like chocolate-covered bacon. Some things are overkill. Some things you just don't need. Add apple pie whiskey to that list. That and having a cigarette tucked behind your ear. I saw that Friday night at the Meadows at the Vince Neil concert. Somebody with a cigarette tucked behind their ear. And speaking of which, Vince Neil is as big as me. Easy. It was still great. Vince still sounds great. But Vince Neil is as big as me. And like I said, there's a fan there with a cigarette tucked behind his ear. He looked like an extra in the movie Grease. And then you got angled in the World Cup semifinals. As if the English weren't insufferable enough. And Gina was at the Russia game. Russia lost. Oh, and Blue Oyster Cult was great. That was Saturday at the Meadows. And check this out. Elias from WWE. He's from Plum, Logan Shula. Elias performed in Philadelphia. And he sings before his match. He plays guitar. And he sang about Philadelphia not winning the cup in 43 years. Who wants to walk with Elias? How great is that? That happened Saturday, which was the uh, 22nd anniversary of the formation of the NWO. When Hulk Hogan turned bad and joined Scott Hall and Kevin Nash to form the nucleus of the group. When you're NWO, you're NWO for life. So that was my weekend. History shows again and again how nature points out the folly of man. Godzilla! Zilla! 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 Uh, the NFL announced a bunch of new referees. One is Sean Hockley. That name may sound familiar. He is the son of Ed Pipes Hockley, who retired not long ago. Another is Alex Kemp. He is the son of Stan Kemp, who was another retired referee. Now, are these kids good enough? Or do they just get to inherit the job? Given how bad officiating is in the National Football League, they couldn't be worse. But it seems an odd hiring process, to say the least, and nepotism, to say the worst. Oh, we spoke before, uh, a moment ago, about things that seem unnecessary, like apple pie whiskey. And now at Olive Garden, they got lasagna with stuff piled on top of it. Lasagna with meatballs piled on top of it. 
lasagna with shrimp Alfredo piled on top of it. It sounds good. And it sounds like overkill, too. It's like pulled pork on top of a burger. I like Olive Garden. Why did I stop going to Olive Garden? I used to go fairly often. There's one right down the street from the studio. I just stopped going. Maybe this lasagna thing will cause me to further clog my arteries at Olive Garden. Did I say the sponsor no quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services? I did. Okay, think of a little extra plug there. Uh, we're going to talk about the Pirates representative to the All-Star Game. It's uh, Felipe Vasquez. You know why he's going, don't you? Because somebody has to. That's the rule. Good or not, somebody has to represent each team. In 30 seconds, I'll tell you why. Well, that's a joke, but I'll tell you why the whole MLB All-Star Game is a joke, because it is. That's 30 seconds away, 105.9.